listening to the Ed Reach Network. Ed Gamer, episode 93 on Ed Reach. Spring break and winter storms. This is Ed Gamer for Saturday, March 23rd, 2013. Ed Gamer's part of the EdReach Network, edreach.us, giving education a voice. A big voice. Like old man winters. <laughs> okay. This show is dedicated to education gaming on any platform. We will give you the education angle on any type of games, ranging from tabletops to MMOs. We will discuss how these games impact student learning and how they can be used effectively within the classroom. I'm Zach. You didn't read it right. I know. <laughs> Jerry, I'm Zach. And I'm Jerry. The comedian. <laughs> Jerry, the comedian, tell us who you are. My name is Jerry James. I'm a visual arts teacher in Schaumburg, Illinois, which is just a few hours north of Lewis, Illinois. <laughs> My name is Zach Gilbert, and I'm your host. I'm a sixth grade social studies language arts teacher from Normal, Illinois, which is about 35 <laughs> minutes from Leroy, Illinois. Pronounce it Lewis. Yeah. Okay, so you, you know in the state of Illinois... We have certain names of, of, of towns and cities. We have one called Leroy, and if you lived, if you were French, you would call it Loire. We also have a, you know, there's Athens, Greece. It's actually called Athens, Illinois. We have Athens, Cairo, uh, Athens, Athens, Illinois. Stop. Yes, it's called Athens. Uh, we have, it's north of Springfield. And we have uh, Cairo, Egypt, but we have Cairo, Illinois. You guys just want to be different. Yeah, pretty much. It's it's Illinois for I you. But you guys say blag too, don't you? <laughs> How'd you know? We just say milk and pillow. <sighs> Some people up here say Illinois, which drives me absolutely insane. What's that? When people say Illinois. 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 Yeah. What's up with that? I don't know, but there are a lot of people that say Illinois. 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 And they, they, won, they won yesterday. They did. It's been an exciting tournament, tournament so far. My brackets are gone. Just well, yeah. obliterated. We knew that this I, – I knew it was going to be crazy because there's so much uh, – the level of play is pretty even across the board. There's a couple teams that might I was extend themselves out and Wisconsin. get better. That was, well, that was the only Big Ten team that lost. Was not, I was not happy about that. The first round. I picked them to do things. Yeah. Well, hold it. Did Minnesota win? I don't. Uh, look, look it up, because they were the only ones still playing. I think I think only one Big Ten team lost in this Minnesota loss. Look it up, Jerry. So, spring break and winter storms. So Jerry and I started our spring break. You know, yesterday Friday was our last day, mm-hmm. and it was just funny because looking on the weather, it's like, hey, uh, first day of spring break, and we have a winter storm heading towards us. <laughs> And that's kind of interesting. So if you live in the middle part of the country, you know what we're talking about. And if you live and in Lewis, please take cover. Simmer, simmer down. Minnesota. Oh, they're in red on my bracket. Where did they go? I think. Oh, they beat UCLA. Yeah, good. So I think. And they play think, Florida tonight at five. Okay. They're probably going to get destroyed. Well, they're up and down. It's like sometimes I think they could just beat. They could beat anybody. I think it's going to be Miami. Miami, did you see the whopping they put on Pacific something? Nobody knows where that is anyway. Did you see the yeah, crazy exactly. upset last night, though? Which one? When, uh, 
uh, who went down? Coastal. Um, Georgetown went down. Yeah. Before. Those kids were playing out of their minds. Yep. That kid uh, was a young or something with the great hair, the game dreadlocks. Well. Oh, man, he was yep. awesome. It was great. Harvard. Harvard. Harvard won. I didn't even know they had a basketball team. Yeah, that Jeremy Lin. Uh, That's exactly you know, my point. He was the guy that That's went exactly into New York. Oh, my goodness. He played at Harvard, just to let you know. That's exactly my point. Most educated sports people out there, Jerry, know who Jeremy Lin is. Okay, I know exactly so, who Jeremy Lin is, and that is exactly my point. He's not bad. <sighs> Let's move on. Would you, Let's if, move on. Okay, without Derrick Rose right now for the Chicago <laughs> Bulls, would you take Jeremy Lin? No, I'd rather cry in. <laughs> we, I lost Brian Erlacher this week. I was, I was a huge Erlacher. He's supporter. old. No. I mean, he's collecting Social Security here in a few years. I understand. the. Just You should have kept him on as a coach or something. Just do something yeah. to keep him in the organization. Okay. Let him fill water He could come back. He could come back. It's a business. I would love it if he would. I don't want to see him in another jersey. That's my big thing. Okay. So, you know, I guess we are talking about sports, which is games. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll put that, you, you know. Bring it around there, buddy. Bring it around. <laughs> bring it around. Okay. So what do we got here, Jerry? Jerry's one-to-one training. I did. I did some good training. So I got accepted into the one-to-one program for next year, which is awesome. And uh, we had – What uh, device? Uh, we're, we're using iPads. We're, we're very excited right now. They are confirmed 7,000 iPad 4s, which is Whoa. really kind of just the same as the 3, but it's got a different – It's a different number. got the new port on the bottom, if you will. Oh, it's not just a different number? It's just It's not just a different number. Okay. But if the 5s come out in time, we could be looking at those, which would be ultra exciting as well. What would be different about that? I have no idea. Okay. A different number. <laughs> so I right. went through and I got this really, it was really cool. They, they did like a day long training for all of us um, just to get us. I mean, most everyone is obviously comfortable with the device already, but being able to share and trade and it's kind of like the wild west right now, you know, everybody finds two or three programs that they love to do for their workflow, you know, whether it's recording or um, assessing or, or, you know, documenting their students' work. Um, so we just kind of traded, you know, and the, and the district did an awesome job of presenting us with, I've got, I have literally, I had to create three folders for all of the new completely free apps that I downloaded on that oh. day. Cause How big is there, is this iPad? What's the size for uh, storage? Um, I don't know because I'm working on my own. Oh, okay. Not the schools. So I okay. have a 64, but okay. I'm assuming it's probably 16. So. Um, is it do I mean who was training you? Was it the school or was it Apple? No school. Um, we had some teachers because this is our second time through it. So that some of the guys from the guys and gals, excuse me, some of the teachers from yes. uh, the first go round came back, and then some of our district tech coordinators, Scott Weidig was there. Oh I'm man, that's that's of, professional. One of his sessions. So it's good. I got uh, listen to this list: uh, Nearpod, Evernote, Notability, Explain Everything, Groupboard, Pento, Moxtra, Ask Three, Learnist, Dose, AppStart, EduCreations, uh, just all kinds yeah. of stuff. That's one from one folder. I've got. And be careful how you say some of those because <laughs> when they kind of blend together, it's, yeah, it sound, doesn't sound good. <laughs> but I'm excited because now I get to go through all those and figure out which ones I really want to use. So it's great. It was a good time. Oh, cool. So a lot of productive time, a lot of sharing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not, not somebody standing up in front and saying, 
this is what you're going to do. No, you know what? And it's, uh, we were all, it's funny because a, a group of adults is just as bad as a group of children. Or worse. Oh, yeah. So, you know, people are up there talking and, and you just can't do it anymore. You know, people are not rudely, but people are like on their devices, you know, well, whatever they might be doing. And I think with teachers, we're so used to being in front of the class. Right. We forget how to be in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We know how we want our class to act. Yeah. But yes, I mean, there's yeah, you, you definitely I mean, that has changed a lot. I, I just saw a picture this morning of a of a classroom back, it looked like 1950s, just like five rows, like 10 deep, yeah. <laughs> you know, just a long classroom. And they're all sitting there with their hands folded. And, you know, I'm like, oh my goodness. And then you see what a classroom today looks like. Um, <laughs> it is, it is totally different. And yes, you need some time up in front of the class, but then, you know, those are short now. It's uh, give them time to work and explore and, and, to collaborate. Well, we, we talked about, I had a grad class this week. I had to give a report on a chapter, and it was on confronting the brutal truths um, from a book called Good to Great. And uh, it's a Jim Collins book, and it's about businesses, but it's like it's an administration class. So <clears throat> it was how to implement some of these things into your classroom. But confronting the brutal truths, I actually used my training as, a, as an exhibit or as a, as a, what am I looking for here? As a example, uh, there it is. See, I knew I had an E and an X wow. in it. I just, okay. uh, I forgot. The coffee's not kicking in. The Jerry. coffee's not there yet. Okay. Okay. Um, I used it as an example of confronting the brutal truth that that the way kids learn has changed. You know, and there's a lot oh, of yeah. teachers that won't confront that and just uh-huh. choose to uh-huh. ignore it. But uh, I was excited. You know, I was like thrilled to go through this iPad stuff. It was just like really exciting, and I see how some teachers are going to hate it. But um, they're going to have to deal with it because this is the way kids learn. Kids are comfortable with it. You know, it's just getting right. adults comfortable with it. Right. I am going to have a new post or we're going to do something or this is going to be a book of some sort. You know, you have a bad assessment when, <laughs> you know, when you can Google every answer. <laughs> you know, we've talked about this, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you can Google, if I can, if I can have, if I have a te- if I have an assessment, and I could sit there and Google and get the answer to each question, that's a bad assessment. Yeah. You know, you're right. Re- no, you know, <laughs> I was about you to say, have you a bad should, assessment. You should do it in that form. That would be funny. right. You know, you have, you know, <laughs> you have a bad assessment but, when every question is multiple guess. Yeah. I, you know, I, I just, I like having these conversations because I, I had it with myself because I was listening to someone and they were showing off an app where you could, um, we were talking like mastery managers, like our, you know, our, our, our assessment for, for fill in the bubble stuff, you know, and, and like kids can do it online now. So you can do it on their iPad, you know, like the group started going and I was like, what about a kid taking like a screenshot, you know, and then having essentially the entire test. And then I was like, if that's the stuff we want kids to know anyway, then why do we care? You know, it's like <laughs> on the first day of class, I gave my kids the exact same final exam they're going to take because I had convinced myself that this is the stuff I want them to know. If they already know it, then that's great. You know, I mean, was it all multiple choice? No, no. So, and is it a test that could be Googled? Uh, no, you no. Know, the answers. Now, here's the other thing too, is that, you know, if I'm trying to find the answer, and give uh, and evaluate it and 
and work through it and then apply it, you know, there could be parts of it that I could Google. Sure. Yeah. And there were from that. And that's also, that's a district exam. So it's not a great test, you know, but, but yeah, I think, you know, Googling some of the parts, but then it's the connections that kids make. Well, you have to understand it too. Right. You know, just because you know the answer does, I mean, just because you have the answer doesn't mean that you fully understand it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you ask a kid, uh, so you have this answer written down. Uh, Can you explain why? I don't know, but I got the answer right, didn't I? That's what no, that's what cracks me up about things like uh, you know, standardized testing in general, like the ACTs and, yeah. and all that stuff. Is that how can you actually call it a reliable test when you can still technically guess? Right. <laughs> I mean, you can, you still have a twenty five percent chance right. at getting it right, regardless. You know, that no longer is an accurate assessment of your knowledge. Like, right. I don't know. Yeah, it's bad when you get you know your ACT score and it's worse than. The, than it would be if you just guessed. <laughs> Not saying that mine was that. No, I'm just just messing. So hey, and speaking of multiple choice, but this is an assessment. You know, formative and summative is not just. I could have a multiple choice assessment, okay. Mm-hmm. But if I take it further and get information from the students that goes beyond just those answers, then you know that's. That is that is something that's important. Yeah, I've, so, I have no problem with uh, formative assessments being, you know, like bubbly in questions, quick, just checking yeah. for little bits of knowledge. I just think we have it backwards right now. Is we think formative assessments are talking to huh. kids, and summative assessments are the final bubble sheet. When I think it should be the other way. You know, your summative well, assessment should be like, uh, what did you just learn? You know, in this yeah, class. Yeah, it could be both. Talking yeah. to the kids can be formative and summative. Uh, and, and getting that information. And, and it could be a multiple choice, um, some type of multiple choice assessment or fill in the blank or, you know, you create something. Yes. But I, I'm I still sitting nice down with those students. I know. Sorry. Huh? I said I ruined your nice transition too. Sorry. You finally figured that out, didn't yes, you? Yes, I did. Okay. So the next uh, topic that we're talking about is Kahoot, which I think we're going to meet talk to Jamie, which is one of the developers, co-founders of Kahoot. And Dan Rezek connected with these guys. Kahoot. Uh, connected with them at South by Southwest, and it it, it is a South by Southwest EDU. Oh, EDU, yes. correct. Yeah, Dan that's was important. Not just hanging out South by South. Well, maybe he was. I don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe he I don't know. On stage, I'm guessing guitar. they're related. Cahoot. You would hope they are. So, getting back to this, this is a this is an app. I don't want to go too much into it. I have the link, and we're going to talk to Jamie hopefully next Wednesday, and have that up for next weekend. But this is a interactive social. It's called social play and knowledge. Uh, you know, it's a game that you have multiple choice questions. You're answering questions uh, against others in in the classroom, uh, and it's done in a safe and easy way that can be done on many different devices. I tried it out uh, with a small group. I actually had some teachers involved in it too, and the reaction was very very good. They got into it. They had fun with it. Um, I'm I'm kind of excited, and this is something that, uh, like I said, we'll talk about on Wednesday, which will show up next weekend for Ed Gamer. So check out the link, take a look at it. They're doing some betas right now, uh, beta trials, and Jamie was wonderful in helping me out because I had a billion things going on, and I thought I read the instructions thoroughly. Mm-hmm. I really did not, so he did a little hand-holding, and hopefully he doesn't think I'm incompetent too much. Simmer down, Jerry. Okay, 
Next one here is uh, I put an article out there this week. Six steps to very nice article, by the way. Thank you very much. Um, it's it's kind of a combination of all the things that we've talked about here and with others, and my experiences in the classroom. But six steps to successfully integrate Minecraft in your classroom, and it's gotten a lot of nice, uh, got a lot of hits. I'd say it's probably um, had the best reaction that I've I've had on an article on EdReach, which is really cool. Nice. And basically, I, I'm just going to read off the simple list because it's there's conditions. I set it up in different areas. I had conditions. This is how uh, my classroom is set up. And I think that's important for teachers to understand when they're reading this and thinking about integrating it because my, my conditions, the way my school district is set up, how I can have kids online – whether I have one-to-one devices or not, those are will probably be different than what you're dealing with in your classroom. But then I had a simple list, which is the six areas that you need to look at. And then I take that list and flesh it out and you know go into more details. But the six are play the game before you use Minecraft in your classroom. I mean, that's, that's huge. You, you have to understand it. You're not going to do science experiments in your – at least I hope you're not going to do science experiments <laughs> in your classroom uh, without doing them first yourself. It, that to me seems kind of that'd be kind of scary and dangerous and might not get uh, good feed might not go over well with your administration. Yeah. Yes. So you exploded something in your classroom today. Did you try this out before? <laughs> no. Okay. Number two, gain access to the game for you and your students at school. So a lot of kids play this at home, but playing it at school could be a different situation. Three, what game modes will you use? So there's different game modes within Minecraft. How are you going to, you know, once you know the game, you can figure out which game mode you're going to use. Number four, how to set up a secure game without any intrusions. This has been one of the biggest problems that I've had is that the kids have their own Minecraft and version of Minecraft. And then they want to collaborate and join others within the local area network of our school district. And other kids start hopping on and they start destroying. It's kind of evil. They start destroying uh, projects that kids are working on. Um, five, figure out when to use Minecraft within your classroom. So you have a secure game set up. Now you got to figure out, okay, when and how will I use this? And then the last one is to your expectations for the students, creating rules and, and, and guidelines for those students when they're, uh, when they're using it. So we just don't have kids constantly popping up on, uh, on Minecraft when they're supposed to be reading, Yeah. you know, you need to make sure, or, you know, they're playing a collaborative game and you got some kid that's uh, destroying things or saying and doing inappropriate things. Have those rules and then have the kids help you create those rules and post those, uh, especially when they have some ownership and say in the and what is going on. We know that, you know, things end up being better because that always happens in our school districts, doesn't Jerry? Mm. When districts ask us for our input and they, they totally listen to us. <laughs> Always, 100%. Did I say that? I didn't say that with sarcasm at all. No, 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 no. Didn't notice okay. any sarcasm. No, so that's uh, so that's the article. Check it out. Share it. Uh, give some feedback. You know, it's. I'm sure somebody's out there looks at it and goes, "Hey, what about this?" Or "You're an idiot." <laughs> uh, maybe that should have been the title of the show. <laughs> I like that. Zach's an idiot. You're an idiot. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that's that was. That's fun. That's been a lot of fun, a lot of fun to share, uh, a lot of fun from the feedback and emails, too. So the next – found a great article on Geek Dad, and if 
listeners out there don't know Geek Dad, it's through Wired Magazine. If And there's actually Geek Mom, which is actually, I think the person, one of the main players in that site is, I think her name's Carrie from, um, it's been a while since I watched Mythbusters, but oh. one of the uh, one of the hosts on Mythbusters, yeah. and she does a lot of articles on there. So what's this next article, Jerry? The next article is... Because I know you're in the Google Doc. I am in the Google Doc. Moving beyond Southers of Catan? Yes. Yeah. From uh, Wired.com? Yeah, from Geek Dad. That's what I was just talking about. Yeah, I know. I was okay, making so, sure we're at the same place here. You kind oh, of geez. freaked me out with that list. I, I know. What? Don't don't put me on the spot. I know. No, I'm I just trying to keep that. you. I'm just trying to keep you, you know. I'm here. I'm here. I, I'm still curious. I want to watch this uh, going cardboard. Le Le yeah. So I'm just getting you back. That's all. Okay, so. <laughs> wow. Just, you know, you would think Jerry and I don't get along very well. <laughs> but, you know, this is what friends do. <clears throat> <laughs> no comment from Jerry. Okay, so. <laughs> Uh, moving down, Settlers of Catan, and this is – it's a two-part article. It basically goes into you know, the ideas – Settlers of Catan, as is, is they say, and I think it's a great – just like Minecraft is the modern-day Legos, Settlers of Catan is the monopoly uh, of today. And you know, how – with that? We, what's that? I think that's an accurate assessment. Settlers has, of Catan? Yeah, has it become that big? Oh, it's huge. Yeah. No, I, I know it is. I just... Um, it's huge. I'm, I'm surprised the people that know about Settlers of Catan, um, you know, just common everyday people that, you know, I, I don't even think of as gamers. Uh, yeah, we play Settlers of Catan all the time. Yeah. Like, okay, that's... It, it just kind of surprises me. Uh, and that's that's good for them. And it's... Uh, I think it's a great game. I think Monopoly is a great game, even though they're changing some of their game pieces. But so... <laughs> uh, and they use a credit card machine. That's a whole nother... Mm. Whole nother segment. But, yeah, I think it is the monopoly of today. I think it's becoming more and more common. So what they were talking about, okay, now you've played Settlers of Catan. Now now what do I do? What games do I look for? And they kind of split up this article in many parts. And one of them is, is using Tabletop with Will Wheaton and, you know, learning about new games. Except you got to be very careful because this is one that you probably don't want to watch with kids. And I think it's, I think it's, I wish he would put together a PG version of Tabletop. Yeah. Um, and and put this together. But it is a great way to learn about different games. And that's, I think that's a great thing to do. Game nights, you know, having put together game nights so you can learn different games. And I think we do that with our game club, Jerry. Mm-hmm. For sure, definitely. You know, learning about different different games. Now, what was this uh, video that's on this part one of the um, of Beyond Settlers of Catan? Oh, I was looking down at the bottom, and it says um, it talks about gaming cultures, and it says these are often wonderful people. If you want to know a little bit more about board game culture, the documentary Going Cardboard is a great place to start, which is something I'd never even seen, and I don't think I've. I don't even. Yeah, I don't think I, I'd heard of that. No I was actually it. searching for it on Netflix and could not find it, so I'm going to have to try to hmm, track it down somehow. Probably indie indie. Yeah, yeah, but it sounds cool. Is this a is that video? Is it the full one? Oh, it's just an intro. I think to it's it. an intro. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. So we'll have to. Is it on IMDb? Hmm. Good call. I don't know. I will. Okay. So look that up. So the first part was saying, okay, hey, 
let's search for some. Let's get some ideas on what games. And then, you know, honestly, <laughs> I think this is one of the best lists, 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 uh, to, that's been put together on gaming beyond, you know, Settlers of Catan. These are, I know most of these, I've played a good handful of them, <laughs> and they're wonderful. They're wonderful games. Some of these I've never heard of, and I, I'm kind of excited. So it breaks it down into different categories. Uh, we have uh, Euro family games, and so it gets into Ticket to Ride Europe, Puerto Love Rico, it. Belfort, which is one that I have not heard of, Zularetto, uh, which I got from my parent volunteer game club, and he really likes that, and I'm, it's kind of exciting to see that that game is on this list. Uh, Lords of Waterdeep, which is exciting because that is a, um, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, Wizards of the Coast <laughs> game. Seven Wonders, and then it goes into complex strategy games, tile lane games, which uh, Carcassonne, which is one game that I have, which I enjoy. Um, strategy games, Small World, which I have, which is a wonderful, wonderful game. Deck building games. This is, it's a wonderful strategy-based card games game. about <clears throat> building, like, real decks? Jerry? Like, like outside decks? Card. Card. Oh. Card. card decks. Oh, my. Yeah, we sound play those like... play on a deck, though. I'm sure you could. <laughs> and now we've lost half our audience because we've <laughs> lost some credibility. Thank you, Jerry. Uh, I was just kidding. Sure. I had to throw okay. a chance in there. I know. So strategy-based card games that can be played on a deck, uh, cooperative games, and one that I, I really enjoy, Pandemic, which is a very cool game. And then there's this other game that my wife will never play called Flashpoint Fire Rescue. She doesn't like fire. That's one of <laughs> I can so, point her on that one. I, hey, honey, let's sit down and play this game. What's this game about? <laughs> Walks away. Sees this. <laughs> fire rescue. Yeah. Um, and then this castle panic is really. So it's a great. This is a wonderful list. Uh, so kudos to uh, the author here. And that was Eric, uh, Eric Wex. And he lives in Vancouver, Washington. Now, hold on. There's a Vancouver, Washington. That's what I wanted to know. I saw that the other day, huh, and I was like, Vancouver, Washington. I'm guessing that's not confusing at all. Yeah, I'm going to Vancouver. Which one? Well, I'm guessing it's. You would think it's near. Um, it's got to be in the same area, right? All right. Let's zoom out on the map. So it's. Hold on. That doesn't make sense. It's. Where's the border here? Is it? That's weird. Okay. Vancouver, Washington is north of Portland. Huh. So it's not even close to Vancouver, but it's near Oregon. How odd. And I'm trying to find, yeah, the state line is the, this is, these, this is the wonderful historical things that you learn while listening to, you know, Ed Gamer. Because <laughs> that would be the Columbia River. That's the border. So the Columbia River there, and then it's on the other side of the river. So Portland is near Vancouver. That would be a wonderful trivial pursuit question. That would. That would. I like that. Instead of Seattle, you know, is near Vancouver. <laughs> That's just weird. 
I agree. And that's and that kind of no it threw me off the other day when I was. Uh, that's weird. Okay. Sorry, Eric. You know because I'm sure you're listening. Yeah. He's like. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. These guys are messed up. Okay. <laughs> So take a look at these articles. I think they're uh, the two articles <laughs> very well put together. Yes. Yeah, and good fun. Uh, good fun. Very, yeah, very cool. Uh, the other, the last thing to talk about is that I'm depending on the weather and the winter storm. I'm going down to uh, Eastern Illinois University, which is my alma mater, and going down there and speaking during uh, break. Mm-hmm. And they invited me. The science education department and some of the students there invited me and uh, i guess we have a little cult following down there jerry <laughs> cool so going to speak at uh in my alma mater and i think that's kind of cool to be asked that's pretty know? awesome it's a great so great thing yeah so sharing the things that we've talked about and talking about you know how cool jerry is yeah and how and how you always uh, gotta talk a little bit about that yeah and how nilo our friend in the great white north of Europe. Love me uh, some Nilo. Yeah, so <laughs> that totally sounds good. Yeah. He's a good guy. So I will share. I will share that that Jerry's a good guy too, <laughs> and uh, and he's well liked by our friends in the north <laughs> in Europe. Okay. So anything else, Jerry? Oh, I think that's it. Okay, that's that's a good one. And you know, I, I think well, yeah. So we're going to record hopefully Wednesday next week. With Jamie from Kahoot, so that'll be next weekend because I'm sitting here going, hmm, uh, yeah, next weekend's Easter weekend, and you know it's kind of busy. Mm, yeah. We we might have over 30 people in our house for Easter. Wow. Yeah. We got a good size house, but it's not. <laughs> it's gonna be. It's gonna be interesting. Gonna be a little. Little crowded. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully the snow will have melted and it'll be like 70 degrees outside, so we can <laughs> put people outside on our deck. Get that on our deck. Oh, I got it. You're from the thing before, right? Yeah, you just need to follow. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say something else important, too. Oh, do you have the day after Easter off? No. Okay, I don't understand that one at all. It's the only major holiday that uh, we don't have the next day, and I have over 30 people coming to my house. Crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. Okay, well, I think we'll end it there. Okay, thank you for listening to this week's Ed Gamer Podcast. Please follow us on edreach.us and also follow all the great podcasts and blog posts on the EdReach Network. Have a great week. And try not to be late again, Rihanna. Rihanna? Yeah. You didn't hear that? Story? Oh, yeah. Oh, is that up in Chicago? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, I, oh, I started I've my student ticked. teaching right around the, the corner ticked? from us here. I don't know. They said they waited like four hours for it. Four and a half. Yeah. And then she and stayed she... for 15 minutes. Oh. Yeah. Now, did she go to school there? No, they won a video. They won a contest. They had to make a video explaining their charitable contributions put to wow. one of her songs. 15, 15 minutes. They waited four and a half hours and got 15 minutes. Hey, uh, Justin Bieber, I don't know if he's already been here. I think it's, it's somewhere down the road. He's coming to one of our local schools because they raised a lot of money. Really? Yeah. Crazy. Oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow him. You don't him. have to wait. Four and a half hours for him, or no? I'm not. I'm not going to wait for him, Jerry. <laughs> I bet you. Oh, no, not so much. I don't have fever. Fever. You got. You got the fever. For the cowbell. <laughs> <laughs>